I just want to say a few things this morning about our group. Uh, we This is part of them. We did take 50 to church camp this year, and that's a feat in itself, caravanning that many there and back. Um, most of them we took were already saved, so we rejoiced in learning and growing in God that week, and that was really cool. And a couple of them want to say something about camp. Okay, one of my favorite parts about camp was the fireworks show. Other than the fact that a few small pieces landed on me, it was fun. <laughs> my favorite part was the concert. We had They had a really great band come in, and we had really fun worshiping. Um, we had a good time during wreck and all the water slides. It was really fun. Being able to make friends and being able to talk about God with them is amazing, just being able to do it. Not many people want to experience and talk about him. That's cool. Well, as you see, our T-shirts was Courageous Christian Warrior, and that's what we learned about, was how God's our mighty warrior. So we're going to sing our camp thing song for you this morning. And we want to thank our musicians. Y'all give them a hand. We have, uh, of course, Dina's on the piano and Caleb's on the drum. But we have Haley Creek playing a contemporary Christian song this morning. So we, I told them last night, you can't strum Haley Creek strum. This is different. But just giving, joking with them, we're thankful that they are going to play for our kids this morning. Hope you enjoy it.
yeah, our God. Our God, a mighty warrior. You're a consuming fire. about treasure and seeking a treasure we all have a treasure and the bible speaks about a treasure many times uh, i titled the message what is your treasure and it's a spin-off of sun treasure island and i'm thankful for all of our hard-working volunteers that are uh got all this ready for the kids vacation bible school is an exciting time it begins tonight and uh, it's 6 o'clock. Uh, we will uh, kick it off. It ends, and I think we've adopted a schedule that we've had the last few years, and we will have the last night, Thursday night, as well as the closing night. And so we kind of combine all of that in the last night. So also I want to put in a plug real quick for the adults. If, you would, if you're not working in Vacation Bible School and you would like to come to a class, I've got a great class, not because it's I'm teaching, just because of the subject matter, the title or the theme is hanging in there, hanging in there, and it's based upon Second Timothy. We will eat first before any of the kids. <laughs> we eat at six; they'll be gathering up here, <laughs> and then at uh, six fifteen, uh, we will head to our class, and then we'll do that, and it'll be over here in the. Uh, uh, I, I haven't picked out exactly where I'm going to set up. It may be in the old choir room. So, but nevertheless, uh, and then we'll have our craft. And I appreciate Miss Jackie Hennington helping me on that. Brother Norman's already cut out some wood for us. And uh, so, something to do with uh, hammers, 
or something or another. So if we get to hit something with a hammer, that's always good. So uh, it'll be good. Second Corinthians. Second Corinthians chapter 4, just verse 6 and 7. Second Corinthians chapter 4, verse 6 and 7. For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness hath shined in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Christ, Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. Father, I thank you for your holy word. I thank you that we do have a treasure and it is you. In Jesus' name, amen. And uh, so let's, you know, I think about <clears throat> this treasure that we're talking about and and uh, there's a lot of <clears throat> uh, uh, treasures that we could talk about. Head to just still right here in this same context, just in my Bible, just flip one page to verse 18, 2 Corinthians 4, verse 18. Uh, basically this, that real treasure, anything we have here on this earth, and uh, matter of fact, uh, there was a couple of pictures of them looking for my ring, and, and, uh, and I've never operated a metal detector. We had some, I don't know who brought them, but uh, it might have been Miss Wendy or Miss Dana or somebody brought some metal detectors, and but we had we had searched with the metal detector. We had already, and my son-in-law, he spent hours and hours. He fine-tuned that thing where it only would pick up a gold ring. And then on a metal detector, I didn't know this, that, but foil and gold or whatever the same, really close in frequency, ever how that detector works, I don't know. And they were, it was so, it fine-tuned it even further. We went everywhere. A lot of people say, well, did you leave it in your pocket? Did you leave it off? Uh, when you took a shower, or when you uh, whatever, did you where'd you leave it last? And I and I said, if it, they couldn't understand. I've I've never, ever, ever removed it. I mean, I've never uh, once I put it on. Even in my sawmill days, uh, I just never was in a particular spot where it bothered me or where I felt it was dangerous at work, uh, so on and so forth. Uh, just the, the jobs that I had just didn't it didn't hang up on anything, so I never had it off. Well, they, they looked for that treasure, and they never could I don't have it today. And I still, every now and then, I, I'm used to hitting that thing, and it's not there. So that's a 25-year habit that uh, I'll uh, replace it, and I'll figure out how to replace it one day. But uh, nevertheless, there's treasures. But did you all know that, that the ring, the ring is kind of like a home. A ring doesn't make a marriage. And a treasure... Is just temporary. And did you know a house doesn't make a home? But uh, all that ring is, is kind of like, uh, is it just signifies a, a covenant, agreement, and it signifies a relationship. And so the same way with baptism, it sig signifies a relationship. We have a treasure, and it's not a gold ring, because that's temporary. Even marriage is a holy, ordained of God union. Between one man and one woman. <laughs> I have to throw that in there <laughs> nowadays. And, uh, and I'm going out, by the way, all my messages are on podcast and YouTube. We are worldwide. Um, so 
you know, if, if, if I get in trouble for preaching God's word, I, it's just what happens and so, so on and so forth. But, uh, so we're worldwide. People are watching this service. People are seeing this and it's available on YouTube and so people can see it. So our treasures are, t- everything on this earth is temporary, but Jesus Christ is a real treasure. Verse 18 says this. While we look not at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And uh, real quick, and we're gonna, the five coins that we're going to look at. First of all, God's love is giving. And uh, these are right off the website at Sun Treasure Island. So, and we're going to look at these scriptures. And, and some of these, especially when I get to... Uh, now, right now, the King James Bible, that's what I'm holding right here. But I'm going to swap in just a second in 1 Corinthians 13 to the New King James Bible, which is my second favorite, because it changes some of the words. Charity is an old word for love. And a lot of us lose that fact. And then another thing about how, how love operates, real love. And by the way, what's the difference between real love and not real love? Trying to keep things simple. Real love comes from God. Real love originates in Him. And when the Bible says this, you say, well, I love you with all my heart. Did you know, I've, I've seen couples and, and talked to couples and people say, uh, I, I've seen couples say, I love you with all my heart. A year later, they don't. <laughs> They don't. What changed? Well, it's, guess what? It's not coming from the Lord because God's love never changes. And we struggle with this flesh and so on and so forth. But real love is a choice. Real love is not based upon how much they do for you. Real love is not based on how good they look. Well, you realize you don't look the same. Well, you don't either. You know, and you know, real love doesn't change by the way you look. Real love is not based on circumstances. Real love is based upon uh, a, a choice. And when the Bible says, what's the most famous verse on love? John 3:16. For God so loved the world. And that word, many of you know this. In the Greek is agape, which means self-sacrificial love. All right, First John 4, 9, the Word of God. Uh, whether you're looking in your Bible or looking on the screen, either one, the Word of God says this. It says, In this was manifested the love of God toward us, because that God sent His only begotten Son into the world, that we might live through Him. So this verse basically is John's, uh, him restating John 3.16. This is a restatement of John 3.16. Real love is about giving. If you love your wife, you'll give to her. Now it doesn't mean, again, you say, well, yeah, you better give me something, you know, give me some time, give me some of this. But, you know, we talk about giving, but giving is really not about possessions, but giving of yourself, giving of your, uh, of your time. And so many times we miss that. God gave the very best he had, and that was his son, Jesus Christ. Moving on to the next coin. Now these are all reflected in uh, the theme of our BBS, and we'll get these, and then we'll finally wrap up about what is real treasure and what should you do with it. <clears throat> we 
got a problem with the microphone, I think. Just have to tighten it up a little bit. All right. The next, God's love is kind. 1 Corinthians 13, 4. And uh, since my Bible's King James, I'll just look up here. And it says, love suffers long and is kind. You, you can change. There's about five different synonyms for suffers long, patient, long-suffering. It just means that love is patient. Love is kind. Love does not envy. Love does not parade itself. It's not puffed up. All of this is talking about kindness. So many times, one of the things that people will know you and know our church is about kindness. Now, it doesn't mean that sometimes that I'm, I'm not uh, kind to my wife. Did you know most of the time you hurt people that you're closest to? You do. And you're not, I'm not always kind. Sometimes what if you're, it, it goes back to that impatient. I've got the love of God inside of me, but sometimes I can squelch that. Sometimes I can stop that love and not be kind and not be patient and not reflect this. And so, and it says love is patient and kind. It doesn't envy. It doesn't parade itself. And in other words, I don't, <clears throat> and every, every man and woman in here, all of you know, this, when it says parade itself, you don't love somebody by telling them. You love somebody by showing them. And so you can tell them, and say, you know, what you're saying is one thing, but what you're doing is something else. It's something different. And so that's where that is. Next, love is caring, which is just the first part of verse 5. If you're looking either in your Bible, just to, I want you marking. If you don't have some of these verses marked in your Bible, mark them. In this very first part that love is caring, the very first part of verse 5 says this, Love does not behave rudely and does not seek its own. So love is caring. In other words, that uh, I care enough that even if sometimes you might uh, be rude to somebody, but if you really care about them, that you'd apologize and say, man, I, I just, I just out of line. I was rude to you and uh, so on and so forth. And then, of course, you know, thinking about this caring does not seek its own. There's a, I want to promote my class real quick. Uh, we're doing a Members Matters class, which is, this is for anybody. It's, an, it's, a, it's a Sunday school elective class. It's mainly for people that have joined in the last two or three years and for anybody that wants to come. You say, you know what, I'd like to bump up my church member skills a little bit. And what does, what does the church really want from me as a church member? And let me go ahead and say this. As a church member, you're not just to warm the pew. You're really, God expects more of you than just attendance. He wants you to participate. And be involved. And so there's a lot to it. Alright? And so there's more about that later. Next, the next coin, love is forgiving. Okay? Love is forgiving. 1 Corinthians 13, the next part of, of 5, and then verse 6. The next part of 5, verse 6. And it says this. Love is, and this forgiving. It, love is not provoked. It thinks no evil, it, in verse 6, it does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in truth, forgiving. Which means this. Uh, 
You know, a lot of times, uh, say, for instance, say Brother Norman and I had a disagreement. Yeah, uh, man, he done, Brother Norman, he, he done done something to me and upset me. And, you know, and what's going to happen is, is on the way home, Norman has two flat tires in his Dodge pickup. And not only that, his tailgate falls off, just falls off. And I'll drive by and say, ha, you own a Dodge. Of course, I used to own a Dodge, so I'm not saying nothing. You, you're getting what you deserve. You, you, I just said the Lord is getting you for what you did. And rejoicing in iniquity is what is referring to there. Rejoicing in iniquity means when you see others fail, when you see others fall and mess up and go through stuff, when you see others, uh, participating in sin i tell you what they're they're getting everything they deserve they're going to get what they deserve they're going to get it and that's rejoicing in iniquity folks real love is not a rejoicing when other people fail real love does not rejoice when bad things happen that's 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 your flesh talking you say and a lot of us want to puff up in another verse it says love is not puffed up so i don't you know what puffed up I'll tell you what, I'm a little bit better than you are. <laughs> love is love is any time you think you're better than somebody else. That's puffed up love. Love, that's not love. That's not what God's about. And I've preached it and preached it and preached it. Yes. <laughs> Does Brother Michael make mistakes? Yes. Does Brother Michael mess up? Yes. Does Brother Michael uh, just fall, do, just mess up a schedule or do something wrong or say something that gets all tongue-tied? Does Brother Michael mess up? Yes, he messes up. But... Should you rejoice in the fact when Brother Michael messes up? Say, ah, I told you, Brother Michael, he's a sinner just like we are. Well, yeah, <laughs> you can go ahead and rejoice in that fact because I am. But the same thing is true. We shouldn't do that toward other people. Even people that don't go to church or people that aren't maybe faithful in church. And so love is forgiving, meaning I, I want to look out to try to forgive. Obviously, forgiveness takes a, it's a two-way street. You can offer it. It's not always accepted. You can offer forgiveness. You can offer things to someone to make things right, but it doesn't mean they'll, they'll, they'll do that. But that's in the Bible. But outside of love, you should offer forgiveness. Offer yourself. And then finally, love is forever. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 and 8. And uh, just swapping back. To, to our standard here. 1 Corinthians uh, 13, verse 7. Look real quick at this. Love beareth all things, believeth all things, hopeth all things, endureth all things. Charity, or love, never fails. Whether there be prophecies, they shall fail. Whether there be tongues, they shall cease. Whether there be knowledge, it shall vanish away. Skip down to verse 13. Verse 13 says this, And now abideth faith, hope, and charity, which is, of course, love, but the greatest of these is charity, love. When the King James translators translated this, they swapped. Did you know, why didn't they say uh, charity in uh, John 3.16? Because it's the same word, agape. They swapped here because it's, it's relating to back and forth here. 
And it's talking about the giving of yourself. And back then, charity didn't mean helping poor people. Charity meant you totally gave of yourself. That's what it meant then, totally gave of yourself. That's why the King James translator swapped to charity because it, it was really up there and uh, it represented something different, especially side-to-side relationships is what it represented. So, but just trying to bring that, it's a great study, great study. So we know about love, love is forever, love is all those things. What is your treasure? Head now to Matthew 6, just have you for a few more minutes. You are doing great. And by the way, thank you for y'all. And I know some of you are praying in your pew, but uh, prayer works. Prayer works. Let's bathe our vacation Bible school in prayer. Let's bathe each other in prayer. Let's just pray for our young people. Uh, Matthew six nineteen. All right. Let's take it, and then I'll connect some dots here. Matthew six verse nineteen. Now, it may not be that way in your bulletin. I think I added a couple of scriptures, and I got it in my, uh, in my outline and, of course, the slide. All right, Matthew six nineteen. it says this, Lay not up for yourselves treasure upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt, where thieves break through and steal. So, again, that's talking about how do I live? Should, and there's nothing wrong with having a job where you earn six figures a year, okay? Nothing wrong if you say, well, I don't have a job like that. But if you did, if you had a job where you earned six figures, there's nothing wrong with having a, a booming IRA. There's nothing wrong with having an awesome retirement account. Nothing wrong with treasure on earth. What happens is, is that what if you have treasure on earth but none in heaven? That's the problem. That's where we get our cart ahead of the horse and, and we get our eyeballs horizontally instead of up and we're thinking, man, I'm set for retirement. Folks, the Lord addressed that when the farmer said, man, I've got it going on. He had John Deere tractors all over the state. Man, he was harvesting, harvesting. He built warehouses. Man, he had rice bins and corn bins and he had it piled up 500 feet and he was rocking and rolling. And God said... Sorry, fella, <laughs> I'm calling you home at 53 years old. Well, boom, where's your treasure now? There's no U-Haul behind a hearst, okay? <laughs> you can't take it with you. So it says here, that nothing again, nothing wrong with having stuff. But what if you have none above? How do you get treasure in heaven? Got to be saved and just live for the Lord. You can be saved and get there and have no treasure. You can. But whenever we stand before the Lord, we'll say, well, I'm sorry, I don't have anything to... I don't have anything. And he'll say, well, man, I wish you'd live for me. He will. A lot of people think that, man, you get up there and you won't ever have a sad moment. Well, that's after the judgment. You will stand before the Lord and give account. The Bible says it very plainly. Very plainly. Let me go ahead and put a myth to rest. There will come where you will have to say, well, did you live for me or not live for me? Will you be embarrassed? I don't know how the judgment seat of Christ to go down. The Bible doesn't give us the details. But you know what it says? And this is verbatim. We'll have to give an account for the things we've done, whether they be good or bad. So as far as the, the, the logistics of it, I don't know. The Bible doesn't say the logistics of it. But I, it says we'll have to give an account. And you're standing before Jesus, my Savior. 
I don't think the judgment seat of Christ will be fun. But then you know what it says after that? Later on, we'll witness the great white throne judgment. If you're saved, you don't have to go through that because that's for the lost. And and there's only one requirement, only one requirement to pass the, the great white throne judgment. You know what the Bible says it is? Is your name written in the Lamb's book of life? And then he throws all of those people who said no to Jesus into the lake of fire. And the treasure, all your treasure is, is something to give to Jesus. Thank you for loving me enough to save me. Save me. And all it is is like a thank you note. Because the Bible does mention a scene in heaven where we put our crowns before the throne. And it would be great to have something to say thank you with him or to him. And then, so if this is true, if Matthew six nineteen is true, the verse 20, it says this, But lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, where thieves do not break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. Folks, if you could draw a line, you don't have to do this, but if you could draw a line from this scripture back to 1 Corinthians 13, you do that. How do you lay up for, how do, how do you lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven? What, what did, how did Brother Michael sum it up? Live for him. And how do you live for Jesus? You do 1 Corinthians 13. You forgive people. You're patient with people. You're kind to people. You love people. You share the gospel with people. You tell people how important they are. And you point people to Jesus Christ. And you'll have treasure in heaven. And that's how it's done. First, excuse me, Matthew chapter 12 and verse 35. The Bible gives us further instruction. If so, if all that's true, then this has to be true. If all that's true, then this has to be true. In Matthew chapter 12, verse 35, the Word of God says this. A good man, out of the good treasure of the heart, bringeth forth good things. So what this says is, and an evil man out of, the, out of evil treasure bringeth forth evil things. So if all that's true, if you're saved, if you have Jesus Christ inside of you, I was... Uh, at the uh, boys' state championship, uh, state tournament at Hamburg, and our our Hamburg team was down three to nothing against Dewitt. I think it was. Is that right, Keith? Against Dewitt, and well, uh, Keith was fired up. He was fired up, and there was other and and they came back for the win. They came back, and and all the Hamburg. Berg guys were over there and they were, oh man, oh, that's awesome, man. Way to go, guys. Awesome. And I think that's the way I like to preach. Just like they cheer on the boys. Get excited. Get pumped up. If I, if you can get excited about a baseball game, you should be able to get excited about the Lord and tell people about Him. And so if all that's true, I want to say this. If you have Jesus inside of you, He will come out. He'll come out. That's all, all he wants and all I want. If you have Jesus inside of you, let him out. Share him. That's what it's all about. And get excited. <laughs> I got Jesus. Well, nobody wants your Jesus. If, if that's what he does to you. 
get excited about Jesus. Share Him. Because if He's in there, it's, it's right there. Right there in my Bible. Right there in your Bible. Whatever's in your heart. Whatever you love. Whatever your treasure is. What the Scripture say in Matthew 6? Where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So whatever you got in your heart will come out. So it's, it's your call. Well, lastly, it's more important than anything. Matthew 13, verse 44. Again, uh, and I, I think I might have missed this on the slideshow. Matthew 13, 44. Again, the kingdom of heaven is likened to a treasure hid in a field. The, which a man, he found it, he hid it. But for joy, he went there and he selleth all that he hath and he buyeth that field. Meaning that Jesus is worth more than anything. That you'll get rid of your car, your whatever. And I'm not saying we've got to sell our possessions. What it's saying is it's, he's more important than anything else you can own. That's what it is. And Jesus is to be given away. Jesus is to be given away as we prepare for him invitation. That's what it's all about. It's a treasure to give away. It's a treasure to witness. It's a treasure to share. It, will you share your treasure? I think the very last slide, Kenneth, I've got some young people that are sharing their faith. And that's what it's all about, is sharing your faith. Reach out to those in Hamburg. Reach out to those in Crossit. Reach out to those in Ashley County. And share your faith. Your treasure is meant to be shared.